What's up, everybody? We've got another episode for you of The Straight Cut. I am Aaron. And I am Mark. And we are excited to bring on one of our most favorite people in this lounge. That's true. But top, top two for sure, but probably <laughs> my favorite person in the lounge. Well, tonight we have Tim Grissom. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah. yeah. Glad, glad to break into the top two. <laughs> top two. Yes. You're one of the uh, you're one of the OG listeners. You are actually uh, an OG. I am. Yes, absolutely. I've so, enjoyed it. So for everybody that doesn't know, when everybody saw me in that uh, sexy little outfit that uh, I wore in the summer, he's uh, the one that got it for me. You're That's, welcome. <laughs> That's the word you're using. Sexy little outfit. Well, it first was, of all, I don't think any. Well, it's an outfit. That's factual. It was. Anyway. It was. It was little. No, it wasn't actually little. It was little on you. <laughs> it was pretty little. Saw a lot of leg. I did. Yes. <laughs> Saw a lot of stuff I didn't want to see. Y'all just jealous. <laughs> uh, that is actually factually accurate. Yeah. <laughs> But to uh, but tonight we are smoking one of your selections. Um, was it? On, I think it was on your top ten. It was. Yeah, I think it was number one. Yeah. So we're doing the uh, the Avo Classic number two. Um, I like the cigar a lot. Um, I smoke this one. I usually say like, oh, I haven't smoked that in a while. I smoke this one quite often, um, even for it not really being in my normal wheelhouse of strength and flavor and everything or profile. Because I really love the flavor, and we'll get to that shortly. But uh, I'm glad we're having a a lighter one on the show. Yeah, this is this is definitely lighter. This is not in my regular rotation. I do enjoy this cigar, mm. um, but this is not one that I normally smoke. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Avo is um, one of my favorite people that I ever met in the cigar industry. Mm-hmm. His cigars are are not one of my favorite to smoke, mm. but uh, I enjoy this cigar. Um, this will be, uh, it's probably been a year since I've smoked well, it's, it's, I. It has great flavor. I'm not, I'm not dogging it out at all. It just doesn't make the rotation. So we're having the number two, which is the Churchill. I, ha- I don't smoke this one. I smoke the three, the number three right. quite yeah. often. Yeah. Uh, so I, I do take it back a little bit because I guess you will get a little bit of flavor difference. But the number two that we're having tonight, yeah. just because we're, we're known to be a little long-winded, so you might as well go, <laughs> go ahead and get the, get the Churchill. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the wrapper is beautiful on this oh, cigar. Yeah, it's it is. Cigar. And it yeah. does have a, um, it is a very pretty cigar. And it does have a nice flavor profile. There's, while it is a light cigar, and there's no question of that, um, it does have a nice flavor profile. There's no, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying this is a bad cigar in any way. This just doesn't, doesn't make the the cut of of Mark regular rotation. But that's a great part about guests yeah. is uh, we get to smoke. I get to smoke things that aren't in the regular rotation. Remember, yep. uh, what you know, why I enjoy them. And then take them back right out of the rotation. Yeah. But well, like uh, you said, you smoke the rainbow, so this is yeah, this part is of the definitely rainbow. in the rainbow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as you know, I'm I'm a mild cigar smoker. Yeah. I pre- prefer the mild ones. So, yeah. and I've not smoked an Avo that I don't like. I like That's all true. of their stuff. But yeah. this is my good this is my favorite one. I tell you, the Avos are always well constructed. Yeah. yeah, always always consistent. A lot yeah. of those things that we tip off. I know you smoked uh, uh, a Julius Caesar the other day. Yes, I did. And I instead of the Avos, if I'm going lighter, I always go uh, to the to the Julius Caesar because um, uh, I'm pretentious like that apparently. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but this this is really starting nicely. Well, I appreciate you putting me onto that Julius Caesar. I enjoyed that cigar. I've yeah. had I think four of them since you 
told me Good. I need to try that. So. And that, that one is in the shorter size. Yeah, it would because... be a 20-minute podcast if yeah. we smoked that one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is true. Well, I'm going to go ahead and apologize now because if I sound a little, like, froggy, whatever, I was sick all last week, and I'm still coughing a little bit, so a cough might sneak in to, okay. <laughs> to the episode okay. um, at some point, but... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a trooper. Got to power through. Power through. Um, Are you going to sing It's Hard to Be Green? A little Kermit Frog? You know, I, I'm, I'm embracing my inner Mahomes, um, um, you know, since he sounds kind of you know, okay. Kermit-ish. You know, I, hmm. Super Bowl week, you know, I've just got to oh em- embrace the... Did embrace it take you long to break that up? Embrace right. the <laughs> So that's, no, that's about two and a half minutes, <laughs> which for the record was about two, out, uh, two, uh, minutes, two minutes. minutes but, yeah. Longer I've heard than you're from time. Kansas City. Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, jokes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he's bringing his game tonight. You, like you to knew that. what you were getting let's, when you uh, invited let's, me. Let's, here, let's so. see if he comes on another episode. <laughs> yes. Well, you threatened to fire the co-host, and now you're threatening <laughs> to fire the guest. Um, so, I know you got uh, sick coming back from uh, Oakland. Any chance you have the Corona beer virus? I, I don't think I have the Corona beer virus. I will say, I, I at one point I did get kind of a little freaked out because I did spend quite a lot of time mm. in Chinatown. Um, but I think it was just, you know, being the weather difference and then yeah. being stuck on a plane for six hours was just, people are just nasty and gross. That time of year. Yeah. yeah so it's just, just got a cold and, you know, working around sawdust all the time. I'm, I'm not the best at wearing my respirator anyways. So that's probably, probably partly my fault, but people are just disgusting and right. Just stuff is like Mo, Mo sick as well. Yeah. We're both sick at the same time. So, well. uh, she handled it better than I did. You know, I handled it like a giant baby. I even told her, like, you know, when it's when it's one of our times to go, I, I hope I go first because I just, I wouldn't be able to handle it because I'm just going to, I turn everything mountain into molehill kind sure. of thing. But that's You're softer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she, I mean, she's like a, 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 a howitzer tank. She can do whatever. Right. I'm I'm trucked. I, I don't know. Sure. What to say. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Yeah, yeah. I'm, seriously. For everybody that knows her, n- yeah. nobody's shocked by that statement. Nope. Such okay. an endearing thing to call your wife a tank. Right. You no, know, I might I might cut that out <laughs> yeah. because that that does. <laughs> that does yeah. Now you're gonna have to cut more stuff. <laughs> yeah. Mo, he called you a tank. Yeah. But he meant it in the most cute. You're a cute tank. Yeah. You're sweet in a tank. Is like she could just away. like she'll run over you. Yeah. Right. It's a little scary. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, you might want to stop at any point here. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to. Right. <laughs> Wait, just one more. <laughs> so, uh, Tim, tell us a little bit about yourself. I know you're very, you and I are, are, are familiar with each right. other, but tell the podcasters a little bit about yourself and. Well, I know we're going to talk about uh, writing and editing a little later. That's uh, what I do professionally. But uh, personally, I'm a 60-year-old dude with a lot of gray hair, and I've earned them all, I think. <laughs> um, I, I think like I'm 30, and I feel like I'm 80 uh, most, <laughs> most days. So um, I'm a single dad. I've got uh, four grown children and four grandchildren, uh, three sons-in-law, great family, love my kids, love spending time with them. Most of them are here in Arkansas. One of my daughters uh, lives in East Texas, but uh, um, Little Rock is home to us, and uh, um, that's 
that's the long and short of it. What else would you like to know? <laughs> well, I think we've met at least two of your children. We're good friends. Aaron and I are good friends with Lee. Yes. Who's your yeah. youngest, correct? He's my youngest, right. And he's been on the podcast. He was on episode 10, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, he right. was on the live one. Part of the he, group, yeah. And he was the one uh, that I think everyone remembers. Oh, so yes. He's so the, he's the one that I... I somehow bullied. I, I, I don't want bullied. I want suckered, suckered into the suckered. the the, uh, the the Henry Clay mints. Yeah, I still feel bad about that. Yeah. Re- so, so Lee told me that he has put another bet down, and that if the Chiefs lose, you will eat. No, no. Well, I said if the Chiefs win, we'll we'll do we'll do I'll do it with them and together okay so huh. okay he remembers it differently i don't think he was planning to join in again this <laughs> yes, really? time i think i believe yeah. so you may want to clarify <laughs> the rules <laughs> clarify the bet but i do want to say in aaron's defense that i fully supported that challenge because okay. lee has three older sisters but no older yeah. brothers yeah so i told aaron well what i told aaron was feel free to act like an older brother little did i know that that's what he was gonna <laughs> right. do that was very very <laughs> older it, brother yeah <laughs> and it didn't take him long to to, yeah. to take that on so well, and uh lee is 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 one of our fave yeah. uh, people up here we talk music and we laugh and joke yeah. I think we've met one of your daughters up here. You she, met my oldest daughter, uh, Anna. She uh, put together a surprise 60th birthday party for yeah. me that was hosted actually here at, at West End back in August. And she was in and out a lot, I guess, getting that all together. She was. Yeah, she's, she uh, is uh, organized and disciplined and uh, yeah. I don't want to say no nonsense, but she yeah. runs the show. Yeah, yeah. She can get <laughs> things done. Right. She can get I, things done. Yeah. I was uh, impressed. Yeah. And very nice. Uh, and I, I want to say young lady because I, I think she's significantly young, younger than me. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, she she did a very good job organizing yeah. that. So She's a great oh, – all my I just my kids are great. I love my yeah. kids. They're, yeah. all, they're all great. Awesome. They're the reason that I think I like I'm 30 years old. Sure. No. And, no. And feel like I'm 80. <laughs> they're responsible for both of those things. Now that I think it's a two-sided coin. Yeah. Exactly. Right, right. On both sides. Yeah, yeah. Do you do you remember your first cigar? Um, I asked. Like yeah. like we're like a hundred years yeah, apart. Yeah. Um, some people do. Some people don't. Yeah. Do you remember your I first was, cigar? Well, I was racking my brain. I knew you were going to ask that question. Um, maybe. Maybe not. I'm sure. That it was a drugstore cigar, probably a Swisher Sweet or something okay. like that. I mean, I was the typical teenage kid in a small town where sure. I tried smoking and started with cigarettes, didn't really love those. And I thought, well, why not go for the cigar? I had an uncle that smoked cigars and I always liked hanging out with him. So, but that was all I could afford. And, uh, but that didn't last long because I was mostly because I was afraid mom would find out. <laughs> are you, are you originally from Arkansas? I am not. Um, I split my childhood between Ohio and Tennessee. Okay. My family right. is from Tennessee originally. That's where the family farm was, but we, uh, actually grew up. Most of my time was in Ohio. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Where, where in Ohio, near the Ohio, Tennessee, no, actually, northeast Ohio in oh, the right. in the Akron area. There's okay. a little farming community right outside of Akron where everybody there was either from Kentucky or Tennessee. A few West Virginians snuck in, but uh, okay. as people moved north to Ohio, um, when all the rubber factories opened, the tire factories opened in Akron, Firestone, Goodyear, Goodrich, all of those uh, factories were in Akron. A lot of people moved from the south up to the Akron area yep. for jobs in those factories. Actually, Springfield, uh, or actually Bloomington Normal, where I originally from, had a Goodyear plant, and uh, there were uh, my mom worked at that. Oh, is that right? Yeah, there was there. Were, uh, so I recall that Decatur actually mm-hmm. 
and I don't remember which one, but yeah. I, re I recall that trend of people moving right. in. Right. So, yeah. Cool. So cool. You, I, I just realized that you are from that area. How did you become an Astros fan? And not a, like a, an Indians or... Yeah, well, I was an Indians fan oh, okay. for years. I just, um, I don't know, I, I love baseball. And over the years, I just got interested in the Astros. And for whatever reason, I just started following them. I can't even say specifically why. I just admire the organization, although recent events right. would, <laughs> would turn, turn that negative. Um, but, uh, yeah, I can't really tell you how or when that happened. I'm just a, I'm a baseball fan. Oh, okay. It's been a fun run for the Astros, right. although, like you said, recently, not yeah. great news. Yeah. Tim and I sit in the back and watch baseball. We are baseball fans, and I'm a Cardinal fan. You're an Astro fan, so right. we uh, flip back and forth between which, which game we get because yeah. we're lucky to get both of them back here at times. Mm -hmm. So we do like baseball. Yeah, I can't get my team because I'm stuck with now, either Astros I'm always confused, or Rangers or Cardinals. Now, who do you pull for again? I forget. <laughs> <laughs> Mark's got jokes, too. Yes, he does. <laughs> well, Mark, you and I might have uh, a uh, common interest in a certain player. Jim Tomey was from Peoria, Jim, Illinois. Peoria, right? Illinois, yep. And I, I watched him play for the Indians for years. And he, he ended his career as a Chicago White Sox. Chicago and White I'm Sox actually Sox. a Cardinal uh, White Sox right, fan because right. you got to have one in both leagues. Yeah, yeah. And so um, so you could actually be a Cardinals fan. I'm just pointing out. I, uh, no, I'm, I'm uh, Dodgers. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, uh, the, the team that you, no that you screwed over. Right. No redeeming baseball qualities at all. I just realized. No, I mean, yeah, well, exactly. the, so the, the Royals were the like minor affiliate to the Dodgers. Okay. So that's why the Logos okay. were so close. And then just, you know, I, w I remember going to bed listening to Vin Scully. Yeah. You know, you know, bedtime was seven, no yeah. matter, or I mean, seven, nine, no matter what. So game just started at seven. Right. You know, and they always played it on the radio. So yeah. Yeah, I went to bed listening to, to Scully. Jim Tomey was one of the great pure left-handed hitters. Oh, I just yeah. remember yeah. watching him. He, 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 the way he would dip down and get that low. He was fun to watch. Yeah, he good was, guy and a good guy had, yeah. yeah had a great reputation and yeah yeah he uh, um, Peoria is actually a great baseball town and mm -hmm. and I, I grew up in Bloomington Normal, which is Illinois State and, and Peoria is Bradley and their arch rivals, but. Would always go over there. The the uh, Peoria had the Cubs and the Cardinals right. fit, uh, single A affiliate for years, and uh, great baseball town, great great golf town. Yeah. Um, just loved Peoria. Um, uh, Pekin uh, smelled bad because it had <laughs> ADM over there. Yeah. But uh, Jim Tomey is one of my favorite yeah. guys, largely because he's a stand up guy. I'm a, yeah. I like guys who are like that. But boy, boy. <laughs> He could mash the ball oh, all day he could. long. He, could. he was just such a great baseball yeah. player yeah. and a great first baseman. Great first baseman. Yep that that Indian team when you were up there following them, mm -hmm. that was. I mean, you think about all the talent they had on the field to, uh, was really impressive. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, you've listened to every show pretty much. I think I'm one behind. One behind. So, yeah, I'm about to catch. So up. you know, you know, you know the. The repertoire of everything. I do, I do. So, yeah. you know, we've got your first cigar. Mm -hmm. um, but one thing we've always liked, and I think this was Mark's favorite question for everything, was your most memorable. We all have that memorable experience. Um, so the mic is all yours, and yeah. tell us about your most memorable. Yeah, that's, a, that's a, a good question, kind of a difficult answer, to be honest, although it, was, it wasn't all bad. Um, you guys know, uh, and I said earlier that I'm a single dad. My wife passed away uh, a little over 20 years ago 
she had ALS. She was sick for about a year and a half before she passed. So um, we had been through a real difficult year, you know, with her. Although she was uh, she was a great lady, and may sound odd to say, but she died well. She really did. Um, I got to be her primary caregiver, which uh, which was an honor. I was glad that I was able to be able to do that. But it had been, as you can imagine, a difficult uh, difficult season. And uh, about three weeks after she passed, Lee, my son, uh, we had to rush him to the hospital in the middle of the night, and we almost lost him. He had a severe croup attack, uh, barely got him to the hospital in time. But uh, God spared his life, for which I'm very grateful. But it was just a really difficult season of life, and I know we all go through difficulties. That was that was my probably deepest valley. Uh, and then just trying to be a single dad. Uh, four great kids that I loved, and the, they were, you know, obviously grieving the loss of their mother, and we were trying to figure out how to exist, <laughs> you know, minus her. And uh, my eldest daughter was 13, I think, when when my wife passed and Lee, my youngest was four. So, um, anyway, I was just trying to do the single dad thing and probably about, I would say five or six months after she passed. And it had been, like I said, it had been a long stretch and just trying to gain some normalcy. I have a very good friend named Mike who lives here in Little Rock and he's still a really good friend to this day. Um, he was a single dad and he understood a lot of what I was dealing with and going through and getting used to in my life and uh he uh he loved cigars and he said and he knew that I smoked one on occasion and he said on a Saturday or I think he called me the evening before on Friday evening and said hey your kids will be okay for an afternoon without you because I was still feeling like I needed to be there all the time um and he was saying you need a break even if it's just the afternoon come over to my house tomorrow afternoon. We'll smoke a cigar together and just hang out and just be buddies. And, and that's what it amounted to was about a four hour break standing out on his front porch over here in the Heights, a neighborhood here in Little Rock. And uh, we smoked a Baccarat. That's why that was uh, that (laughs) cigar made my top 10 list uh, just because it's got that memory attached to it. Sure. Um, But Mike and I just uh, sat out there on his front porch and, and smoked that cigar, and he just kind of um, consoled me and encouraged me. And I think that was a moment when I felt like, yeah, this is going to be tough, but it's doable, and I've got friends. And um, we talked. He knew my wife, so he let me talk about her, which I probably needed to do. Um, So that's the most memorable that I've had. Cigars are always attached to conversations with yeah. me, and that's probably why. But Mike, uh, Mike really, really helped me, not just that day, but for years he's been a good friend. Um, but that's, that's the most memorable one. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like I, I remember when you first told me, you know, about your history, and we were sitting back here, just yeah, you and I. I remember that. And it was like, like I knew I worked here at the time. I knew you. Yeah. But we didn't have that connection like mm-hmm. what we have now. And it was, you know – I, could, I attribute that conversation that we had mm-hmm. to what this is now. Yeah, yeah. You know, I told you about, you know, all the shit I was going right. through, yep. my divorce, mm-hmm. my, yeah. you know, life choices and yeah. everything. And then you, you know, yeah. laid me on with yeah. what was going through you. And I was like, 
Oh my god! Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. that's like, and it, and it's is. It was you know I don't know what we're smoking, but you know we're smoking something because right. we're sitting we're, sitting, right, in we're <laughs> sitting in this room right. where we're at. Right. Um. But yeah, like you said, you know, cigars. You know, when you're in that, when you're in that facility, when you're with that special person, mm-hmm. when you're with that yeah. community. Yeah. I mean, it makes a world of difference. It yeah. it, it it takes, it takes a little of the burden away. It feels yeah. like you mm-hmm. know it just. It alleviates yeah. something that you didn't know was there. Yeah. yeah, I remember that conversation distinctly because I remember you sitting down next to me. We still had the couches yeah, we had the here, old, old school couches, and, and you sat down and you just asked me. I don't know if you remember this or not, but you said, "Hey, have I ever told you my story?" You you said mm-hmm. that, and I said no, but I'd wanted to hear it because you know I'd interact with you here at the shop, but we didn't really know each other. And when you told me all of that, I, I feel like that's a sacred trust when a yeah. guy tells me the story especially the part that sucks yeah right yep yeah and we've all got them yes we all do but when somebody trust entrusts that part of their story to me just for me to listen they're not asking me to do anything or fix right. anything i feel like there's a sacred trust and i don't want to overstate it but um that that means a lot to me and i remember that conversation yeah. and I remember thinking this dude's going to be a friend. And yeah, because I, I, I wouldn't, I wasn't working here probably more than a year. Yeah, maybe, maybe a little over maybe a year, a I guess, more, because yeah. I'm coming up on four years now. Wow. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was. Mm. I, I don't. I don't even know if I was working that night. I might have been. I don't know. I, yeah. I bet you anything. I bet you, Marielle wasn't even here yet. No, no, I don't think. I she think was. this was still when she was still in yeah, California. I think that's. True. I don't even know if we were together at that point. So it. Probably yeah. could have been, yeah, yeah, three almost yeah. four years ago. Then, oh. well, you become a good friend. Yeah. I really appreciate you, and I think that's when when you shared that part of your life, and I shared that part of my life with you. I thought, yeah, that wasn't just a passing thing. Yeah. So, anyway. And Mark, same thing. You and I have had those kind of conversations. We have. Too. We have. Yeah. I I think of Mike, uh, your friend, mm-hmm. who knew you needed that moment. Yeah. You did a, needed a fellow friend to right. share your burden with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, here's yeah. the mic. Yeah. Who yeah, who knew you needed that moment to to share? Yeah. Um, that's that's a pretty special friend. Yeah. Yeah. He is to this day. And my kids love him too. He actually had to live with us for about 6 weeks uh because he was having some well he was selling his house moving into another and things happened where uh didn't didn't sync up just right and he lived with us about for for about 6 weeks and my kids who love him as well. So he's been a big part awesome. of our life. He's Uncle Mike coming. Uncle the, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Uncle Mike. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I mean, it, obviously, um, I always say these stories 50 50, right? Aaron's story, we're, we're 66% here. Yeah. Somewhat sad, mm-hmm. um, deep stories. Yeah. And Aaron's most memorable cigar is a, is a victorious one. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah. we know that Aaron, we'll talk moments we've talked about deep cigars that he's had right, so right. most memorable cigars um are 50 50 some yeah. people talk about birth of a child but mm-hmm. you talk about uh a really you know deep intense moment yeah. in your life it, it rarely is um you know i sat down with a buddy and had you know this really nice polite conversation yeah. it, it tends yeah. to be around really intense emotional yeah. situations and and i know that's not an easy conversation to have so i appreciate that um, I, uh, every time you tell that story and I've heard you tell it, uh, two or three times, yeah. I, t- I think, um, that, that scar would have been 
pretty pretty amazing cigar mm-hmm. because yeah. of the of the of the fellowship between you and Mike. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's one of those moments where I I'm right this moment I'm right back on that front porch. I bet. You know? <laughs> I'm just back bet. there again. You know, so, absolutely. Yeah. That's well memorable, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So the definition of the word. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, we, we, you said the, the back rat was on your list because of that reason why. Yeah. yeah. Um, what are some other ones that were... We talked about your list, but now let's hear it directly from the horse's mouth. From you, the top did ten you just list? just call yeah. him a horse? Yeah. <laughs> you're just full of compliments. To I know. So you're asking about others from the top 10 list? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, 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 yeah. we read off, off right. your list, but yeah. just, you know, refresh our memory of someone. Or, you know, since that list has came out almost a month ago, is there anything that you wanted to you know, yeah, switch there, anything out? There are two cigars that I would add to my top 10 list, and I don't know if that means top two would Tawahe. have to fall off or it would be a top. Nope. No. Um, definitely the Davidoff series, uh, the signature, excuse me. Yeah. Davidoff's the signature, number two. Yeah. I love everything about that cigar. I obviously love the, uh, the, the taste, the flavor of it. I love the size of that cigar. Yeah. It's, yeah. Just a, it's just a good cigar. That would, that would be number one. And, and it's so nice sorry. that we can now get that at our oh, other shop. Man, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Which we are all members at our yes. at our newest shop. <laughs> yeah. And I've got some of those in my locker yeah. out there. Yeah. yeah. Uh that would be on the number one. And Mark has has turned me on to the Julius Caesar. I ask him, he knows my my uh flavor profile, what I like, and that I tend to be on the mild side. And I just ask him one night, Hey, what's the you know what I like, what's something that I haven't had that you think I should try? And he he said, "Try this Julius Caesar," and mm-hmm. that would be on the list now too. Yeah. I really, really and that's like the that one cigar. that definitely stands out on, you know, on the list because just looking at everything else, yeah, you know, you have your your Avo, you have mm. the Connecticut, Connecticut, right. Connecticut, Connecticut, yeah, 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 and like <laughs> Julius, hmm, yeah. all right, yeah, yeah, but like you said, it's 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 that good stepping stone, yeah, yeah. it's so. it's not full, it's no. medium, yeah. and I said just to packed him, with flavor, just packed with flavor. Yeah. And in the small size, it's not going to overwhelm you uh, being medium, right. but the flavor is going to be something yeah. you're going to enjoy. Yeah. And that's what we yeah. talked about. Yeah. Well, I and mean, you smoke, you smoke. And I, the one thing I, we talked about, we talked a lot about cigars that night. Yeah. And the one thing I, I talked about, because it was you and I and B, I believe. And I kept saying, people will tell you, because you kept saying, my, my, pie, my, my palate is not mature. Mm-hmm. And I kept saying, don't. Um, don't mistake somebody who likes full cigars as having a mature palate. Yeah. I said, to be honest with you, sometimes my palate gets toast, mm-hmm. and therefore I like full cigars because I can taste them. Yeah, yeah. And um, that people who have like lighter cigars and medium cigars sometimes have just as sophisticated a palate yeah. as people who, who like full cigars. I, I think as long as you're enjoying what you're smoking, you should never apologize. Yeah. And I think there's, you know, I have, I have some things at the bottom of the, the, the scale that I enjoy very much because they have a ton of flavor. And yeah. Julius yeah. is one of those because you just go, this has really got a ton of flavor. Yeah. The problem I have with some of the stuff at the bottom is it doesn't have a ton of flavor. And you just go, well, this doesn't have a ton of flavor. Yeah. And I just like a lot of flavor. You should, you should say flavor again. Flavor. Flavor. <laughs> Bitches. Flavor. <laughs> well, flavor, I, flavor. How? <laughs> there's the obligatory rap reference. Yeah, there you go. Got, <laughs> right. yeah. got that one out of there. I well, think, well, you and Mo share a favorite cigar, too. That's true. The, uh, was it the Avo? Was it Unexpected? It's, the Unexpected. 
Is it the shirt? Is it the yellow label? Yeah, it's the yellow label, and I forget. Because every time, because every time, like she come up here, yeah, she's like, "Do you have the yellow one?" Like, no. Well, and I've told her several times. I still have a bunch of them in my locker, and she'll she'll never take you. I just, I know. I just need to force the way you do it. The way you do it is light it, light it, hand it to her. Give it to her. (laughs) Yeah, that's well. I'll I'll keep that in mind. Right. And that's what I was going to say. And when you ask other other favorites. Like I said earlier, I've not had an Avo that I don't like. Yeah. Um, now there's probably some that I haven't had that I might not like as well. But the East and West that they did here mm-hmm. this past year, I loved both of those. Yep. Um, Do you have a preference? No, no. And that's, Mark, that, that kind of is what I think of when I say that I don't think my palate is as sophisticated or mature. I feel like you guys, and I might be wrong about this, but you, I hear you guys talking about you pick up notes of this or mm-hmm. hints of that. And I'm thinking what I pick up is that really tastes good. <laughs> I mean, and honestly, and how I mean, strong at the, at the end is. of the day, that's kind of what it all comes down to. Yeah. But like, if you've ever smoked something and you don't know what it is, yeah. you can't think of the word. If you get that flavor wheel, yeah. once you see it visually, mm-hmm. like, Oh, what is that? I, I taste some sort of yeah. nut or whatever. And right. then you're like, Oh, it's cashew. I right. see cashew. And then yeah. you're like, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. I mean that, I mean, just doing that one little thing yeah. can open up your world of, you know, possibilities and stuff. Yeah. yeah. I, and that's true, and I've worked on that and, and done that. But to be honest with you, Tim, I'm more like you. I I categorize music this way. I categorize yeah. books oh, this yeah, way, yeah, and yeah. I categorize cigars. Cigars Mark likes. <laughs> I've heard your scale before. <laughs> cigars Mark doesn't like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because the world is too uh, complex to, yeah. to 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 do this. There's stuff that I want to light on fire, and there's stuff that I don't yeah, want to light exactly. on fire. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I, I actually smoked one of the. I think it's Daughters of the Wind, mm-hmm. um, and really enjoyed that. Okay. It falls in the in the in the stuff you like because <laughs> I do like categories, <laughs> and and, the, and and I don't want to overthink it. And there's in, within there there's the category of stuff that's in the regular rotation and yeah. stuff that's yeah, not. So yeah. right. Yeah. Well, speaking of cigars, let's uh, touch in on this one. So, like I said, we're smoking the Avo Classic Number Two. It's a uh, Ecuadorian Connecticut sun grown wrapper uh, wrapped around Dominican uh, binder and filler. Um, the way I can describe this one, it has, I like that grandma's attic old book, that mothball kind of taste, that real kind of funky. I get a lot of that funky out Mm. of this one. Um, and another way I'd describe it is, you know, this one is a poor man's, uh, Davidoff. Okay. Um, you know, Davidoff owns Avo. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this cigar itself was blended by Avo and then also uh, Hendrik uh, Kellner, the master, uh, the master blender with Davidoff. Okay. So you get a lot of that. If you like the Davidoff, like you said, mm-hmm. that makes it stands sense. to yeah. reason why you like this why one so I much like too. Sure. Um, so for I mean, Davidoffs are kind of hard to find at a lot of shops, but if you if you want that that not exactly you know one hundred percent feel and aroma and taste. You can get an Avo two or three. Mm-hmm. You're going to get pretty damn close to okay. to what that is. Um, so I really do love this one. But like like I said, I like like me and Doug. We like that that stank that yeah. stank in a cigar. Right. That funky old book, like say. Yeah. And I get a lot of that out of this, and okay. I absolutely love it. Okay. Yeah, I I I, uh, I understand what you're saying. I get a little leather. Mm-hmm. Uh, I certainly get a little of that uh, earthiness. Yeah. Um, 
certainly no spice. I'm not getting any spice. No, no, this there's at all. None of this, yeah. I don't get any creaminess, which uh, which is a pretty common flavor in the 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 the, the light lighter. But I, I definitely do get some earthiness, which is one of the reasons that I do enjoy this cigar. Um, is there a little complexity in here that isn't in some of the the other ones? So I do. Yeah. What do what do you? I mean. Uh, not to put you on, on yeah. the, the spot here, but I mean, what what is it about this cigar that you enjoy? Let me phrase the question yeah. differently. Um, first of all, it's a cigar Tim likes to follow, right. follow suit. <laughs> right. um, so it's it, that's the first thing. Um, I think that it's consistent. Honestly, yeah, um, yeah. I feel like that it is. when I smoke it all the way through, it's gonna you know the last puff's gonna taste as you know as good as the first one, um, yeah. and I feel like that's that's true of all the avos yes the the construction on it yeah yeah yeah, it's not gonna get weird on you you mentioned leather and when you said that i thought i i can almost get that i feel like i'm getting into the at least playing jvs now because i can pick up on the (laughs) on the the leather yeah yeah (laughs) no i'm not gonna say that yet i'm not gonna get cocky about it (laughs) yeah but no that makes sense but i just um I, 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 it's it's not just mild. I feel like it's got a little bit more strength mm-hmm. to it. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So nice. So uh, I know one of the things that when we sit back here and we talk about is um, your <clears throat> you work for uh, you write for a living. Yes. You are a writer in residence. <laughs> Um, so, and I know you like to make fun of that title. <laughs> I do. I do enjoy that. Yes. Um, uh, so. So how many, you know, so what does that mean for you? What, what, what is that? You've written books, obviously you edit books. So, so give me a, give me a layout of what Tim has done career wise or what, what does that mean? Okay. Well, the writer in residence title is, is, as you know, relatively new within the last couple of months, just made a, uh, received a new role. I work for an organization, it's a Christian ministry here based in in, uh, Little Rock called Family Life. I've been on their staff for about 16 years. I've been in the editorial world for about 35 years, so I've done this for a while. Um, I've written everything from books to articles to blogs to video scripts to radio scripts to some journalistic pieces to curriculum, Um, just, just a lot of different things. And I enjoyed all of that, correspondence. I did quite a bit of that. But here, later in my career, uh, I have really uh, homed in on book writing in particular uh, because I read books and I feel like, and I know people, uh, there not, may not be that many people that actually read a book cover to cover, but um, I, I feel like books are um, a great, well, they're timeless, you know, yep. and uh, I feel like that they're a way to influence the world um, they're because I think uh, there's a, a saying, leaders are readers. So um, if you want to influence thought for good or bad, right. um, you know, write a book. Right. <laughs> so, um, and I don't mean that to sound, uh, hopefully I'm not egotistical in that way, but I, I, I do want to be uh, one of the people in the world that helps uh, influence good thinking and, and uh, healthy thinking. Sure. And, uh, I just I'm more at home in the book world than I am anything else. Now I do write some online articles on occasion and things sure. like that, but that's why I've kind of honed in on the book world. Cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, we're Aaron and I are both big book people. Yes, mm-hmm. Sir. Mm-hmm. 
And um, I, you write um, nonfiction, I write right? nonfiction, yeah. Because we've talked about yeah. this. Yeah, and I would write fiction if I was a better storyteller, but right. I'm just not that, that good. Because <laughs> I've given you some ideas for fiction. You have, yes, right? you like have. Like about a kid who gets pulled into a wizard school. Yeah, but it was sounding strangely familiar. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't think it would ever sell. <laughs> <laughs> People aren't interested in that kind of nonsense. Yeah, right. There's a ring, one ring to rule them all, yeah, maybe. I just, yeah, I okay. just don't think people would buy it. <laughs> yes, probably, you're probably right. You're yeah. smarter about this stuff than I am. So when it comes to the, the straight cut biography, you, you can handle that. I'm then. in. I'm oh, in. 100%. Yeah. So uh, how many books, I mean, so you've had your name written by Tim Griss. Yes. How many books... Is your name somewhere on the cover? There's not as many as you would think, as far as like um, a cover citation like that, because I've um, I've done more editing with okay. books than I have writing. But there are probably oh uh, maybe half a dozen books or so, That's maybe more <laughs> out there that I've got a so, cover byline. So like a half dozen more than Aaron and I combined. Well, uh, I'm a I got one. It's not, right. I'm not on the cover. I'm on the back cover. But okay. I'm on the front cover. But yeah, but you made it on the outside. You I made, made it on the right. That's okay. good. Must be about the championship last year? No, actually, uh, I I did. So I, I write, too. I used to write for a newspaper. Oh, that's right. Um, so I've been published. And I also did. Uh, I, I got published in a, a short story and poem book. This is probably 98. Oh, nice. You are a fascinating individual. I know. Not really. Many, well, not a lot of people know that. Um, I, I was actually trying to find it because I have it somewhere. Yeah. Um, I couldn't find it for tonight. Yeah, um, yeah. It was. A, it was a. Sh- it was a short poem. Um, I, I used to be able to just spout it off just like that. Yeah. I can. I. I can remember a few lines, but it's. Yeah. It was maybe, twelve stanzas. It wasn't, horribly big, but it yeah. was. It was cool. Like I mean, I. So we like at the school I was at. Everybody had to write it. Okay. It, was, it was one of those things. Yeah. And mine just happened to be the one that I guess I was the best. It was I mean, good. I'm not saying I'm, well, not saying I'm the best. I'm just cool. saying it was the best. Um, yeah, so I got in there. And then I just, after that, I I grew up, I hated reading. Yeah. Um, yeah. My mom forced me to read. Yeah. I hated everything yeah. about it because it was so boring to me, yeah. just blah, blah. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know when it switched, yeah. but it was somewhere during the summer where I was, I probably got in trouble. Yeah. Uh, probably said something. Shocked. Right. Probably said something <laughs> I wasn't supposed to and yeah. mouthed off and right. I was forced to read or something. Yeah. But it was, it was probably 13, 14, 15, somewhere around there yeah. that, you know, I, I was forced to read a book and then yeah. I don't know what I read, but it, something switched. Yeah, and ever since then, I I like I don't I don't read nearly as much now as I used to, just because my my free time is very limited. Um, but yeah, re- but reading is you know it's one of our uh, be- between the three of us, it's one yeah. of our yeah. main sure. pastimes, right? Yeah, and it's interesting because I didn't grow up reading. I didn't mm-hmm. have a love for reading. In fact, I remember crazy things. You remember my uh, the elementary school where I attended, small school. We didn't have a library, but the bookmobile came to our school every two weeks. You remember bookmobiles? I remember yep. Scholastic. That was my 100%. Thing. Well, the bookmobile was this tripped-out RV, basically, that was just a library on wheels. And the reason that I went to the bookmobile is I was fascinated by the vehicle. I was fascinated <laughs> by this Was it like in the shape of a book? 
No, no, it was just it was an RV. Yeah, it was an RV, and it was it was just the way it was set up. I thought I've got to see this thing on the inside because I loved even as a kid. I loved cars and trucks and tractors. If yep. it had a motor, I loved it. And uh, that's what I. The only reason I went to the boatmobile is so I could go inside this massive RV. truck. Yeah, and but I didn't. I, I only read what I had to read through the rest of school and college. And honestly, my love for reading is. The development of the last 10 years, probably, even right. though I've been writing for 35-some years. So it's new like for that. you. It's relatively new. I mean, I've read, but not nearly. I read every day now. It yeah. Wasn't a, I know you and I sit back here fairly regularly and <clears throat> right, read. Right. So what is, just off the cuff, so feel free to, to, to what are some of the favorite, your favorite books that you've read? That is a, that's a great question. And I, I read on, uh, like different topics. I kind of have a cycle of reading that I started about five years ago that I'll read a biography or history book or something, human interest. Oh, cool. I'll read one of those and then I'll read a, I, I love theology. Uh, that's my training is in theology. So I'll usually read a, a book on theology or spiritual formation. Then I'll read a book just on professional development, skill development, yep. that kind of thing. And then I have a fourth category that's just kind of reader's choice. I'll just throw something in there. Almost all my reading is nonfiction, too. But um, I do, um, the last couple of years, I've, I've grown to love an author named Wendell Berry. I don't know if you're familiar with I'm him not. or not. He's a, he's a fiction author, but he's, he has created this fictitious town in Kentucky called Port William. And uh, he's almost a... Um, well, I don't even know who to compare him to, but he, he just writes about the lives of these people and how they grew up in this town. Some of them left, some of them stayed. Um, and he's just a, he's an interesting guy. He's a, he's a great writer, so I've enjoyed all of his stuff. Wendell, Wendell, Wendell Berry. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I'll have to check him out. Jaber Crow. If you want to read the, the best one, the first one would be a book named Jaber Crow. Okay. And that's about the, the We're checking character's out. name. Yeah. And then I've, I've gotten into, there's this guy, this is, again, is nonfiction, but I really, I always want to get better as a writer. Uh, that's right. just like a life goal of mine is to always be improving, always, and becoming a better thinker. Uh, I think the best writers are good thinkers, and I'm trying to become a better thinker. And there's a guy named Todd Henry, okay. whose work, I've, I've read about three of his books, and he's, and he's got a podcast called The Accidental Creative. Uh, I learn a lot from him, and to me... Um, books are either about feeling something or about learning something. Right. And uh, I, I learn a lot from, from Todd Henry. So oh. that, those, his books are niche books. They're not something that you're, you're going to pick up and love if you're not in a creative field. But Well, they both, both of those sound in, very interesting. Yeah. How about you, Aaron? What, what, are, what are some of your favorite books? So my all-time favorite is uh, Down and Out in Paris and London by George, or- George Orwell. Yep. Um, whenever I feel like crap, I'll read that. And then by the time I'm done, I'm like, all right, it's not so bad. It's not so bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's loosely based off his life. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, he's known for, you know, 1984 mm-hmm. animal farm. Right. He, he's known for those deep thinking books, mm-hmm. um, down and out. It's just, it's, it's, it's totally different. It's a little more free flowing, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and it just, you know, the story of, you know, just a, a, a bum a, a going around. He's a, he's an English teacher stuck in France mm-hmm. going out and just, 
everything about it. Um, I just, I just like everything about it. And I got onto that book because of Anthony Bourdain. Um, I, I've everything Bourdain has written. I've read. Um, and the reason why I got into Orwell was because in one of his fictional books, uh, bone in the throat, they talk about uh, hotel X or hotel 10. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, he references hotel right. X in George Orwell because that's right. where he, that's where he worked. And so after I got done reading that Bourdain book, mm-hmm picked up that one and I mean, instantly just, just hooked just in, uh, just right off the bat. You know, I, Mm -hmm. I ran through that thing probably in a a day, Mm -hmm. two days tops. Um, but then, you know, I, I I like the old school classics, you know, can't go wrong with Tolkien. Sure. Uh, I've never been, you know, a a Harry Potter fan. I like the movies. Yeah. Um, but I, I like more biography stuff. Um, um, or, Biography fiction, like you know, we were talking about a couple weeks ago, seventeen seventy six. Love that one. Yeah. Uh, the the John Adams, that that writer um, McCullough. Yeah, and um, I was going to say McCullough is one of my favorite authors. Yeah. I, I learn a lot. Yeah, I read his uh, book, The Path Between the Seas, about the building of the Panama Canal. That was yeah. a fascinating book. I love history. Um, one of the best books that I've read in the last couple of years is a book called The Day the World Came to Town. I don't know if you've ever heard of that I'm book, not. but it's about this little community in Newfoundland. It's a 9-11 related story where all of these jetliners that were mm, yeah. headed to the U.S., but they were past the point of no return when the U.S. airspace was shut down. There was this airstrip right outside this little town, and the reason it was it was long enough for these jetliners to land because it used to be a refueling stop during World War II because yeah. our planes couldn't get all the way overseas, so they had a fuel stop there. So that airstrip still existed. Um, so they all of these, I forget, it was like 20-something air jetliners yeah. landed and more than doubled the population of this community for a period <laughs> of like six days. Yeah, right. And so they were, uh, you know, oh, people wow. were putting these passengers up in their homes. They were having them stay in schools and churches and yeah. the local department Untold store was outfitting them in, outfitting them with tents and stuff and clothing yeah. and fascinating story. Yeah. You know? yeah. So I love that kind of thing. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So in the one book that I haven't read that I want to, that's you've told me about though, is Soccernomics. Yes. I want, I want to, I want to read that one. Yeah. That's a good book. I'm, I'm, I don't actually read anymore. I yeah. listen. I'm a podcast or an audio, audio guy, audio, audible book. And I, I, although, uh, you know, I'd listen to podcasts, so that cuts somewhat into it. But when I'm just on audible books, I, mm-hmm. I go through a book a week and mm-hmm. I, I, I do everything from stupid books. Like, uh, I was jokingly, uh, we were talking in the shop, I, <laughs> the succubus books, yeah. uh, <laughs> because they were amusing and, 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 and to very serious books, yeah. to to uh, a ton of self help books and yeah, business books because right. we've talked about all those, right. uh, you know. And I'm a big Hemingway short story guy. Yeah, the, yeah absolutely. Uh, <clears throat> because I just uh, yeah uh, enjoy the way he writes. Um, and uh, you know, early Dean Koontz guy, mm-hmm. um, Dark Rivers of the Heart is mm-hmm. one of my favorite books. I just I enjoy yeah. that story. Um, early Stephen King, Dark Dark Tower guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, you know, it's just uh, see my my whole back is a is a Poe tattoo. Oh, nice! So, I mean, I, I love yeah, that sure. just that old that Victorian Gothic yeah kind of the Gothic stuff stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I have a Hemingway tattoo as well. Yeah. Hemingway yeah. was a fascinating person. Liked his writing too. 
Yeah. Uh, Stephen Pressfield. I don't know if you've read any of his yeah. stuff, but I, I, I love his writing. You mentioned Stephen King. That's interesting. I, and I've never been into kind of that. That's just never been my genre of, of book or movie. But the best, the best book on writing that I've ever read was Stephen King's book. So I've, I'm now in the process of reading the second book I've ever read on writing based on a recommendation you made to Mike, and I stole it. Um, <laughs> The first book I ever read was his yeah. um, because I didn't realize it was a book on writing when I bought it. Yeah. Um, and he is, um, he's a very gifted, oh, uh, wow. yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually read that book. Yeah. Well, didn't you go to like a writing seminar and like, was it your point you brought up or somebody else like, you know, the the best one is the Stephen King one and everybody's kind of like, what? Yeah. Yeah. I've had a few, I've told that at a, I do the occasional writing shop or, or speak at some of these writers conferences and I'll tell them because a lot of these you have to understand that all of my writing's been in the Christian market okay sure. so when you mention Stephen King yeah you know it's he's like Satan's brother which we know is not true <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but some people respond that way is his nephew and, uh, yeah yeah they're, they're second cousins or something but anyway um I tell him I say look you got to get past the f-bombs and the the horror and all of that that's who he is but if you want to learn the craft, you've got yeah. to be willing to yeah. learn from people that know it, right? right? Humble yourself and learn from those guys. Yeah. And he's obviously very gifted and super intelligent. Yeah. And the first third of that book is more like a memoir than yeah. really an instructional book, which I found really helpful and fascinating. Yeah. He's a, uh, I'm not a horror guy, although I started as a kid reading a lot of that stuff mm-hmm. as I. Yeah. Talk Dean Koontz and right, yeah, and Stephen King, um, and I don't read Stephen King much anymore. But that Dark River or Dark Tower uh, book uh, is a is a sci fi western, and it is a it is a freaky series of books that is it's like ten books, and it it's one of those weird story ties in you know pay attention ones that that i enjoy. So I've never I never I was I like Stephen King. I could never get in. I never I guess I've yeah. never read the. The, the Dark Tower. Um, but I was always, you know, between King and Koontz, I always liked Koontz better. Uh, Velocity, I think that was the name of it, was one of the first scariest books I've ever ever read where I actually had to put it down because I was like, all right, this is... Is that, is this, that the... I don't, this know, don't, don't know if I remember that one. Is that the one where the guy's the killer and he's riding around? And, I don't remember. Yeah, so it was like, and he's stuck like in a small town and... Yeah. yeah, the yeah. one I remember distinctly uh, bothering me of his was the one where the guy pushes his fiance off the mountain, and he's you know it's true evil. Uh, Koontz writes about true evil is in a the, way. Is that the one that was called the the husband or something? I, I, I don't remember the name, but Dark Rivers of the Heart, which is not about uh, necessarily evil in that definition, which is about governmental evil. And if you like conspiracy theories, mm-hmm. um, Dark Rivers of the Heart is for you. Right. Uh, and is a great read. So, yeah, yeah. Quick, I will say that uh, one of my favorite movies uh, is based on Stephen King's writing, Shawshank. I mean, yeah, Shawshank a, is uh, first of all a short story. Short he, story. He's right, very yeah. good short story writer. Yeah. Uh, several of his yeah. short story uh, are among my favorites. Well, so. what he does cool is that the short stories that he that he writes, he sells them to for a dollar mm-hmm. to uh, young filmmakers. Yeah. To so he can. That's so they can make a film off of one of his short his, stories. His full novels, um, for the record, don't make good movies because there's too much there. Yeah. There. I was, uh, Paula made the mistake of taking me to uh, the Dark Tower movie. And I, I'm a big <laughs> fan of the main character, or the yeah. main actor, who I think is great. And it's the um, Idris. 
Elba. Elba. Yeah. I think he's an amazing actor, and I thought he did a good job of portraying the character. But about halfway through the movie, I'm rocking back and forth going, um, I don't know this whose way. idea I this was. Go home. <laughs> I want to go home. I want to go home. You butchered one of my favorite series of books. Um, those That's out of order. That's out of order. That never happened. Yeah. You know, And I, I don't want to be that guy. Who are you? Right. Yeah. yeah, you don't appear to the eighth book. Yeah. These two characters never appeared together, yeah. um, but uh, but but you know there I am. There, if you wondered if I'm OCD, there you go. I got you. Right, that makes so, sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm really enjoying this cigar tonight. This is besides the conversation. This is a this is a nice little Monday night cigar. I guess giving away the night we're recording. We it. are recording. Could yeah, be Monday Tuesday night, night but yeah. it's probably yeah. a Monday night. Yeah, <laughs> I would enjoy this cigar on any day, but it's good on this. Yeah, Monday. yeah. I mean, it's you know we're just now getting to the to the last third. Uh, like we said, we're smoking the Churchill tonight, so this one is the number two of the uh, the Ava Classic. Um, <laughs> as Mark holds up two fingers. Um, yeah, everything about this, this is, uh, so, so good. You know, I, I get it. <laughs> you just, you're just throwing up numbers now. <laughs> That's one. <laughs> Here's another one. Yeah. <laughs> um, we love you, brother. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, like this, again, this, this cigar, I, I like the dryness that it creates yeah. on the palate. Um, I'm, I'm starting to, to, to find out more cigars that do that. And I, and I, I like those right. more. Yep. Um, just that tanniny. I, I, yep. I don't know if that's the right word for cigar wise. Dry, but it, ha- but it has that dryness. I really, yep. I, I'm really enjoying that. Yep. Uh, with this one, and you still get that funkiness and that mothball. You know, a lot of people will probably turn their head, being, and they have because that's probably not the right description. But to me, that's what I get. Yeah. I know what I'm getting you for Christmas I, next year. Some mothballs. I like some the smell balls. of. I like yeah. the smell of mothballs. Um, Do you really? Yeah. yeah. I think because because it triggers that memory. Of you know like of a grandma. Stephen King movie, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't <laughs> grandma's at it. Yeah, <laughs> there's a theme here for yeah. sure. But like I remember like hanging out in my you know you know growing up in KC, everybody had basements. Nobody has basements mm-hmm. here, so I, I'd I'd hang out in my grandma's basement and they had a pool table. Mm-hmm. But it was you know it was musty, kind of right. dark in there. But I I always hung out down there while everybody else was upstairs, and that's just maybe that's just what that triggers that memory yeah, of sure. why I like it so much. Sure. Um, so with the writing aspect, what's some of your favorite and least favorite parts of doing it? I would say as, as far as the the favorite parts, and this is more of an outcome than the act of writing, but the reason I do it is to help people. Yeah. That's what, I mean, it's, it's enjoyable for me. It's what I do. It's the skill that God's given me. Um, so I enjoy when I'm doing it, you know, like you, the great, carpentry work that you do the great cabinet making that you do i know that it's work but you enjoy knowing yeah. that this is i'm shaping something here well i look i like the outcome i like the uh <clears throat> that knowing that this could help somebody it's also a very scary thing i remember the first time somebody walked up to me and said hey i read this book or this i forget if it was an article or a book and said, when you said blah, 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 that really, I really had to think about that. And that really helped me. And my, it, my first thought was, rather than be grateful, it's like, oh, crap. <laughs> Somebody's actually reading my stuff. Yeah. I better know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, there's a, but I, I do. I mean, I like, I like knowing that, that people are being helped by it. But on the front end, what I like is the solitude of yeah. the writing process. I, I love a rainy day. Yeah. My perfect writing 
uh, scenario is a, a rainy morning when I'm alone at the house and I'm drinking my coffee and, and I'm writing and I'm kind of in that reflective mood. Um, and it's just me and my thoughts. And um, I love that part of the process. I love trying to craft something sentence by sentence, trying to make every sentence matter. It's almost like assembling um, a, a, a good piece of art. You, you just want it to build. Um, I just love that craft. I love the creativity of it. That's probably my favorite part. Yeah. Everything from, and I, I almost always do my first draft. I'm old school. My first draft of almost everything is pen and paper. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later I'll go to the keyboard and do some rewriting and cleaning it up or whatever. But I love the feel of pen on paper and just sitting there and, and kind of free writing for a while and getting down to the business of it. So I, I'm, I think there's a writer in everybody. Um, if somebody wants to do it, what do you, what, what do you tell them or how do, how do you get them started? Um, just do it or what, what steps would somebody have to take from your, you know, your expertise? You know, it's almost, uh, it's a hard question to answer for everybody because when people are asking me that, I usually have some context for their life story Mm -hmm. and I know kind of what their motivation is. So I I tend to adapt my answer to what I know about them. But just generally speaking, you know, there's the old adage, write what you know. Yeah. So I would, I generally start with a, a bit of an exercise of uh, if you if you knew you could only write ten articles or ten chapters from now to the day you die, what would the topic be? And I that just gets them thinking. A writer has to be thinking, has to be thoughtful, has to be not just free thinking, but they have to corral their thoughts and start focusing them. So I'll I'll usually start with with something like that to get them thinking about. Okay, if, if I only have 10 articles in me, if I only have the opportunity to write 10 articles or 10 chapters, what are my topics? Yeah. And then um, in writers, I find even seasoned writers uh, fall into basically two categories as far as how they approach writing. Either they're going to make an outline and write to their outline or they're going to free range into their, into their subject. So... I try to feel the person out, okay, what would, are they going to be more the outline kind of writer or freestyle writer? And if they're just wanting to improve their writing, um, the two things I tell them to do is read, read yeah. more. I can't tell you how many people have said to me, I want to write a book, and then I'll follow that, that up with, well, what's the best book you've read recently? And they'll, most people, seriously, most people say, Oh, I don't read books. <laughs> <laughs> and in my mind, I'm thinking, go away. <laughs> um, but, but I will. I'll feel them out a little bit about, okay, what, what do you read now, and why do you read that? Why is that interesting to you? So I'll ask. It's more almost like a mini interview where I'm kind yeah. of trying to drag them out a little bit. And then I'll recommend, and Mark and I have actually talked about this, I'll recommend some writing exercises for them to just improve their craft of writing. Um, because I, I think you're right. I think everybody's got some something of yeah. a writer in them, but not everybody's going to be able to write to publish. I get that. Yeah. Um, but to get them exercises, especially if it's somebody that I'm going to be investing some time in, which happens quite often, honestly, where I'm going to see if they're willing to put in the, the work you know, to become a good writer. So I'll give them some suggestions for some writing prompts or some writing exercises and yeah. then 
see how they do with that. Yeah, you gave me the writing prompt idea, and I've been using that. That's mm. I'm not a great writer. You both are better writers than I am. Um, I'm uh, a much better talker. I'm a much better about coherent ideas mm. verbally, mm. Pre- presentations-wise. But and you are very good at that. Thank very you. good at that. I appreciate that. But I've been... You, you said find these writing prompts and then practice writing down to mm-hmm. whatever the idea is and just right. practice writing. Right. Been doing that. That's it. It's good practice. I've also been working on my handwriting as part of that, yeah. and I've enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Um, you and I share a love of nice pens and paper, yeah. <laughs> and so it's a good chance for me to use my nice <laughs> right. pens and paper. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, and and that is um, it's been very enjoyable to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't written anything that's usable. It's like tell me about your favorite vacation and stuff right. like that. It's good practice of organizing your thought. I'm an outline writer mm. um, because that's what work has taught me. Right. Um, write down what you need to cover, mm-hmm. put it in order, and then write to it. And yeah. I had a friend who was a classically trained writer who kept telling me, you're, you're just so great freeform. Just write all your thoughts down and I'll organize it. Well, that was great as long as I had Trey going behind me to yeah. clean me up because yeah. mm-hmm. he would reorganize stuff. Um, I'm blessed at work to have uh, a technical writer right. behind me who can make me sound smarter than I actually am. Um, but uh, I wonder about the editing stuff because that's got to be a challenge because yeah. you don't want to take their tone of voice out, right? right. But you want to make it yeah. readable, yeah. Right? right? And that's got to be a challenge. Yeah. Editing has got to be. To me, I hate editing. Yeah. yeah, I do it because it's part of right. what we all have to do day to day. But editing's got to be hard. It is, um, and honestly, in the last you know thirty five, almost thirty five years that I've been doing this, I've probably spent more hours editing than than writing my stuff originally. Uh, so I've, I've probably got more skin in that game. Although I'm moving, like I said earlier, as I get later in my career, I'm trying to shift away from the editing and more into the writing. But editing, one of the things that I love about editing, and I don't know why it's happened this way, it just has, because in addition to the job that I have with Family Life, I do a lot of contract work. Other publishers will hire me to work with their authors, or an author will hear about me, especially first-time authors, and they'll contact me and ask me if I'll help them with their first manuscript. I love that part. I love coaching new writers, um, because most of them have something to say, but they're also aware you know and honest enough to say i need to get better at this i need help with this so um editing really takes there's really two levels to editing there's there's the the macro editing which you almost have to do when you're working on book length projects um where you take a chapter at a time and at that point you're not necessarily helping them rewrite you're just showing them where they're out of sync or there's a gap in their their narrative or their illustration doesn't match their point or they're repeating themselves or they're relying on cliches or that kind of thing or they've introduced an idea but they haven't explained it well enough or whatever so that's the macro editing and that's um there's more coaching involved at that level which again i enjoy that because there's the interaction with the right with the author sure and then you get down to the micro which i will do everything i'm not a proofreader i'm not a grammarian people expect me to be but i'm not (laughs) Uh, I will butcher the language as much as anybody. You don't want me telling you whether that should be a semicolon or a comma. I don't care. Somebody else is going to take care of that. But I can help you wordsmith, and and that's right. where you get into the to the true micro editing. 
and that gets very close to rewriting a lot right. of times. Right. And that's where it gets difficult. It's what you were talking about. You don't want to take, you don't want to lose their voice because it's their, it's, it's their thought. It's their book. Yeah. Right. So you don't want to. Yeah. So you learn to just ask them questions if there's a gap or if there's something that they're trying to say, but it just isn't coming. Uh, it's better to just ask them questions and draw them out, and then I'll write down what they said. Right. And I give their words back to them. And, hmm. oh, okay, I didn't, um, I didn't think of that. Well, you just said it. But you, there was something about when you sat down at your keyboard, it wouldn't come. Right. So a lot of it is just interacting with the author. Help them it's, tease that It's laborious, out. And, sure. and all authors get to a point, especially in a book-length project, where I can't tell you how many authors have said to me something like, I hate this book, or I can't wait for this to be over. Sure. There's that just pain season, painful season where... Sure. They just want to get it done, but they're close. And, and so a lot of the coaching is just encouraging, hey, you know, play every down, play all four quarters, you right, know, get it right. done, that kind of thing. Right. Um, but you're right. Editing is tough. Being edited is tough. Yeah. But we all need it. You know, we need it. Because we're all, when we read our stuff, yeah. we're hearing it the way we want it said. We're hearing it in our yeah. voice. Hear, it all makes sense. Tone. You hear your tone. Yeah. You know that you're going to pause here. You know that you're going to yell here. You know that you're going to go fast here, whatever. Um, But then you have somebody else's eyes on it, and that's what an editor is, really, is another set of eyes. Right. Um, Then uh, that's when you can say, well, this is, I got confused about this. Right. This wasn't as clear as you think. You're hearing it clearer in your your voice than than you're actually, other people are hearing it. I read a book. and I realize that I'm going on and on here. Uh, I read a book on editing about a year ago or two years ago called The Forest for the Trees. I can't remember the author's name. But she talked about an editor that the, the only thing this editor would do, now this is macro editing, when this editor would read a manuscript, all they did was they would just write a vertical line down in the margin of the manuscript where they lost interest or got confused. That's all they did. And they would give it back to the author and say, this is where you lost me, or this is where I got confused. Didn't give any prompts or helps or whatever. They just said, you know, this doesn't work. This doesn't work. Yeah. Reworks. So even, but the point being that even that kind of editing was enough to make it better. Yeah. 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 That's cool. This has been fun. I've enjoyed this. I, uh, where, you know, you've written books like your ideas that you've come up with. Um, a few of those. Where do you come up with ideas? Just some topic strikes you? And- yeah. Um, I, one of the things that I try to do in my life is listen. Um, people are fascinating to me. And not only the way they say things, but what they're interested in, what they're curious about, you know, what their pain points are, whatever. So I listen a lot. I read a lot. Um, I pray. Praying is a big part of my process. Um, and I just, uh, almost every author is going to, unless they're writing by assignment, which I've certainly done a lot of that in my career, a lot of it is just what is, what's a part of my story that I think would be helpful to other people. And that's kind of where I am in my life right now in my career is I'm, I'm moving toward writing more of my own stuff. And as a big part of my story is learning to, you know, go through a season of grief and you know, go on with life in a in a positive and hopefully healthy way. But there are a lot of people out there who, you know, everybody experiences grief and disappointment <coughs> in their life. So I am in the process of 
of getting some of my writing together and I'm talking to some publishers about the possibility of a couple of books, maybe launching a blog. So I'm kind of almost hate to hear myself say that out loud because there are going to be people <laughs> saying, no, hey, have you started that yet? You got yeah. um, But that's that's probably going to be a lot of what my my personal touch will be. Well, that fascinates me. I'm, I'm interested in reading about that. I know you have a lot to say about that. You are um, at the risk of making you uncomfortable or maybe intentionally so. Um, <laughs> you are one of the best listeners that I know. Yeah. Uh, you, uh, If you're going to sit back here with Willingham and I and be the third uh, of that group, you better be a damn good listener. Um, and uh, I, I am grateful for the nights you've heard me uh, yeah pour my frustration and heart and all that out so well likewise my friend i i, I appreciate that but uh, i do think listening is a is a crucial part of of life and there's yeah. and i don't want to oversimplify the the evils of the world but there's just so much anger and angst out there and yeah. sometimes i think people just need to shut up and you know and maybe listen, listen you know listen a little bit more yeah so. well i mean it's like one of the I don't know I don't want to classify it as a self help book, but it, it might be. But you know, on that same point, one of my favorite books that I've read it's called Quiet. Mm. Um, it's the uh, the the power of introverts in a world that won't stop talking. Mm. I think I think that I think, that, I think that's the name of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just that yeah. it, it has that dynamic of what you were just talking about of how yeah. you know sometimes you just need to have that that yeah. listener. Well, one of my favorite things to do is uh, Tim and I with our AirPods in back here, both of us reading and uh, sitting back here quietly with each other and uh, just uh, just being quiet, but, yeah. but yeah. sharing companionship in a nonverbal way. Right. And then even in conversations, um, and I wish I could remember the quote, but it's something about, anyway, the crescendo, the, the main point of the quote is that um, you know, the better thinkers are the people who talk about ideas. You know, they're not talking about people. They're not talking right. about uh, themselves, but they're talking about ideas. And I feel like uh, people might look in this room sometimes and think, not that bunch of guys. But seriously, there are a lot of just really good thought-driven, idea-driven conversations that yeah. happen in here. And uh, and you guys know I hate talking politics, but it is interesting. You learn something about the way a person thinks by, you know, Politics and religion, you know, yeah. the two things that we, we try to stay away from, stay, but they yeah. creep into our conversation. They do. Small people talk about people. There you go. Big people talk about ideas. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I don't know if that's the right quote, but that's but the way that, I think about it. That's the concept. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Yep. yep. Well, as we get down towards the band, uh, I know Aaron is getting close to the band. Actually, Tim is as well. Well yeah. done. We're Let all, me just we're say. We're all timed up, yeah. <laughs> Tim, uh, we're, we're doing good on that. So as we get down... Uh, towards the band, this cigar has been a very pleasant. Cigar. Oh yeah, it's it's you know it 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 fits the subject of topic tonight. It has that richness. It has mm. that. I don't know the word. Maybe the editor can help me out. <laughs> um, no, I just it, it it has that persona of you know when you're in a a deep conversation. Right. This cigar, something like this, everything about it, the the feel, the texture, mm-hmm. you know, with every cigar. You, you first have the cigar with your eyes, yeah. just like a yeah. meal. You eat with your eyes first. Right. Cigar, you, you, you smoke with your eyes first. Right. You know, the, the, the wrapper on this is amazing. And then you get into the flavor, and these were the Churchills, and we're going at a little over an hour right now. And they're, you know, these are ones that you can just sit 
back here with anybody yeah, right. talk light this thing up and you're not going to have you know a bad experience at all this has got to be the cigar that c.s lewis and tolkien and those guys the inklings <laughs> would have smoked right yes. <laughs> yeah so i just i just love that we can geek out on books because yeah i don't get a, i don't i don't get that a lot yeah <laughs> No, it's one of the things that I love about cigar shops is yeah. that you can run across people who have uh, so much different experience. Yeah. I yeah. just got a text from Mike Willingham uh, talking about that he was talking about leadership uh, on another podcast, and I'm interested in hearing him talk yeah. about that. Yeah. Um, one of the things that we that I enjoy most about sitting in cigar shops is talking leadership, right. talking human relationship, talking about all yeah. those different things. But uh, talking about literature, talking about writing is one of those things that yeah. I enjoy just yeah. as much. So um, I, I, I definitely, and to, to Mike, who was telling me that he's a big deal, Mike is a big deal. <laughs> well, it's like, just you know, so he knows. The, uh, the, the cigar shop I, I went to in Oakland, you know, the, uh, the Piedmont Tobacconist. Um, went in there, just a small little shop. Me and Mo sat down, just, you know, expected just to get cigars and head mm-hmm. out. That's what we're going to do. But then there was a guy sitting there with, and then the uh, the owner, and we were just talking with her, and I, we just stuck, struck up a conversation with a guy, and his name ended up being Kevin. Uh, we were just talking. He ended up being a writer, and he had his book on him, um, and I bought it, you know, right there. Really? He he wrote in the cover. I made a post about it on on uh, Instagram and everything. I saw that. I, I haven't I haven't read through the whole thing. I read you know the first little bit, but it's about it. it it's it's a memoir, pretty much, of his life because yeah. you know with when his it's called uh fatherhood right and whenever he was i want to say when his daughter was a couple weeks or a couple months i forget but he was in a accident and he got paralyzed from the waist down yeah um so he just talks about hmm. just the whole memoir with right. him i haven't read the whole thing yet but i can't wait to dive into it but it's just it's one of those things like just going into a shop and running into an author and I was like and I was talking I was like oh that's cool because I have a podcast and yeah. you know in a couple of weeks we're actually going to be having an author editor on the show so yeah. it's it kind of the, the way the world works and everything yeah. just kind of falls into place yeah. on that on that one viewpoint it was uh, it was pretty cool to, to experience yeah that. I saw your post on that and I looked at I looked him up and looked the, mm-hmm. the book up it looked interesting yeah yeah, yeah I'll uh, yeah. Whenever, whenever I get done I'll uh, Linda, your way. Yeah, you will have to go old school, though, and read the book, you know, in a book form. I know. And that's what people are so surprised because I am so old school in so many ways. But and I'm about to disappoint some readers <laughs> out there, I'm sure. But I I do all my reading, well, almost all of my reading, 90 percent of it on my iPad. Yeah. Uh, but the reason for that is because most of my stuff is uh, nonfiction. And I take it, which is one of the reasons why I can't listen to audiobooks unless it's a novel. Because I take a lot of notes and I make, yeah. you know, I highlight a lot of portions or whatever, and I want to retain that retain stuff. It. And some of it is, yep. you know, I want to be able to search search for it and use it later, maybe for, to quote or whatever. But Absolutely. Uh, yeah. But for me, coming kind of full circle on this conversation, cigars are, are social to mm-hmm. me, yep. you know. Rarely, now I do on occasion, I just want to sit out on my back deck by myself, or if I'm at the lake, I, I want to sit out by the water by myself. But almost always, the cigar for me represents a good conversation. Yeah. And, of course, you, you all know we have a lot of those, I think. And some of them are just silly, and I get that, and we need that. Some evenings we'll sit back here and listen to music, and I love those evenings. Those are, those yeah. are refreshing evenings for me. But I just love a good conversation. Yeah. And some of the best conversations I've had, you know, in the last 
five, six years have been with a cigar in my hand. Yeah. You know, just yeah. uh, there's yeah. something kind of disarming about that. It relaxes us. Yeah. Um, just guys. Well, it, it forces you to slow down. It yeah. forces yeah. you that's to good, that's right to you know take everything in. Yeah. So. Yeah. You learn a lot about it. Mike and I, we missed you at the members' dinner on Friday. We had Mike and I uh, with Kurt, and we sat down and we talked mm-hmm. about uh, a lot of the things that you and I and Mike talk about, about, mm-hmm. uh, about things that are important to us. Right. And we, we had that conversation, and it's, uh, you know, the funny part is we talked about ideas and mm-hmm. things that were important to us. Yeah. And, um, you know, you and I and Mike have had oof, yeah. tons of those conversations. Yeah, uh, Mike and Kurt and I and Steph and, and a bunch of people had that same sort mm-hmm. of conversation on Friday night. You were missed mm-hmm. as part of that because we, we sat down and talked about things that mattered, right? right? The right. right things that mattered and yeah. why things certain things mattered to us more than other things. Yeah. Absolutely. And and those things are, like I said, you know, sometimes they're super deep and sometimes there's, there's funny parts to them, but, yeah. uh, you know. Yeah. So uh, I... I before we get into the cigar news and uh, the million dollars butt, I uh, just want to say, Tim, uh, thanks for sharing your story and uh, the knowledge. I feel uh, uh, like a hundred times smarter than I was before. <laughs> um, I always joke that you're the smartest guy in the room and you always deny that, but you are. So, Well, I'm not, but I appreciate the opportunity to be here. And you guys are just, uh, you're doing a great job of the podcast. I'm really Thank enjoying you. it. And uh Appreciate both of you guys as friends. It's been fun to be with you this yeah, evening. Yeah, this has been great. This is uh, this has been exactly what I hoped it would be. And I'm trying my best to uh, corrupt your youngest. Um, well, your, I've uh, I've given you that license, so yes. <laughs> part of that's on me, I suppose. Yes. Hey, when yeah. you when you said you know when you when you Dream told me like brother. he never had he he never had that that brother. Yeah. And we told me and Trove to yeah, be that. Yeah. I was like, are you there sure? Your challenge accepted. Okay, yeah. I can do that. Well, okay. And then I told Leah's like. I got full reign. <laughs> yes, full reign. Yes, you did. So as we go into the scar news, uh, we talked about last time that we weren't going to talk about the PCA thing. Uh, I do want to encourage everybody, if you want to hear PCA's response to the, um, there's been a ton of news on the yeah. um, ongoing negotiation, uh, check out Cigar Talk podcast. Uh, they do a nice job. They had a couple interviews in the uh, podcast that I'm listening to right now where they talk through all of that. Rob does a, um, he, he does a really good job in that cigar interview thing that we don't do. Um, but Rob does, um, and does a really good job. So please check that out. Um, so what we're going to talk about today is something that touched both you and I, um, and, um, really isn't cigar related, but just wanted to send a shout out to, uh, the people up in Lyle, uh, I'm sure everybody saw that there was a shooting at a cigar shop. This obviously touches me on about 15 different levels. Yeah. Um, I lived up there probably five to 10 minutes from that cigar shop. Hmm. So I got a text last Saturday from Josh Joyner, who is, was an employee of the cigar shop down here. He, uh, he's been on the show numerous times, <clears throat> new, numerous times. He's, uh, he's in the guard down here and has got a new job up in Chicago. Him and his wife are up training in chicago in january and february and march mm-hmm. which was not a great time <clears throat> in chicago yeah, yeah. But texted me and said he was uh, at that cigar shop an hour before the shooting happened yeah. um and so this touches me on a bunch of ways so <clears throat> really not cigar related other than uh another way that violence touches all of our lives mm-hmm. i'm not, not going to make this about gun 
because it's not. This is just violence impacting us, thinking of our brothers mm. and sisters of the leaf who are trying to figure out yeah. why the heck they lost a couple of their brothers uh, randomly to um, senseless violence. Um, and thinking of our brother Josh, who's up there uh, in the cold weather, trying, <laughs> trying to figure out how yeah, to stay yeah. warm, <laughs> but also uh, you know trying to figure out what's going on. Um, it's a horrible thing um, to think about uh, that this still exists in our world uh, and uh, that this happens. Uh, these, these two people were just enjoying a cigar much like we are right now uh, and, that, and that you are right now. And, and it's pretty tragic. So it's not pretty tragic. It's totally tragic. And so I just want to send a shout out. I lived, seriously, probably... Uh, 10 minutes from that shop yeah. a, a while ago, but, and I've probably been in that shop, um, or a shop that was uh, near there. Um, so just, you know, hard news to always hear, uh, obviously personal to me because of, uh, other things. Um, but just, just thinking of them and sending prayers and peace their way. Um, just, just thinking of them. So, yeah. yeah so anybody who listened to us, listens to us is, you know, up in the area, you know, reach out to us if you just want to talk like we've said before you know you can Absolutely. reach us at any time and we'll uh you know we'll we'll talk to you yeah because it, it does it's a shitty situation that you know sucks it happens when you go into a place you know for your your you know your solace kind of just yeah get away from everything get away yeah. from the you know like i've always said no matter what you are outside these outside these walls or any walls right in here you're a cigar person you're, yeah. Well, first and foremost, yeah. Yeah, human beings on the planet. So th this is where I start with uh, human beings on the planet. We should be nicer to each other, you know, period. Yeah. Um, but obviously you're a brother or a sister of the leaf. You're in, you're part of my small, small group. Uh, and I, I think the world of you um, I, I just it's it's it was hard news to hear on a Saturday. Yeah. Being so close to Josh, because I like Josh just a ton. He's. Um, smart and mature and funny and uh the fact that he was there an hour before uh rattled me a great deal yeah. so yeah. uh just you know it was, it was hard to hear so yeah. thinking of them the other news about the pca uh that puts that in perspective right yeah um uh, we're talking about negotiating over a trade show and uh and this reminds us that uh they're remarkably enough are more important issues yep. Yep. Absolutely. so hang in there josh and uh just know that we're all thinking about you yep. and the people in lyle um this week's gonna suck uh, there's no other answer to that but just know that there's people you know praying yep. for you yep so as we get to the end of the show um do want to give a special i guess not a pour one out but come a, a maybe a, a a tap of the ash for a fellow cigar smoker a, a celebrity cigar smoker who you know tragically died you know a couple of days ago yeah. with, uh, with kobe i mean uh wow i mean i grew up at the tail end of the jordan era i didn't get to see a lot of it but i saw the kobe era mm -hmm. i mean yeah. for everybody who ever threw a trash away into you know wastebasket going kobe I mean, you got you got to keep that tradition alive yeah. because I mean that's just uh, it, it was such a you know 
shitty situation for yeah. for him to go and you know and with his daughter with two his at the same time. You know, the, the only thing I can hope is that you know he 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 played the role of daddy as good as he could. Yeah. You know, in such a you know horrible situation. Horrible. Yeah. yeah. But uh, you know that's a, a cigar guy who's no longer with us, so we'll uh, you know yeah. keep one lit for him. Yep. Yeah. He, uh, by all accounts, uh, obviously I have no way of knowing him, mm-hmm. um, but by all accounts was a was a big time family man, and yeah. I'm always uh, impressed by guys like that who have the whole world at their feet. And uh, was hearing stories yesterday um, that he was uh, as a lot of fathers are, as, as uh, I believe Tim was and is. Um, talked uh, a lot about his kids because yeah. they were his life. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, rest in peace, brother. Yeah. So, let's wrap up the show with uh, Tim's favorite thing now. <laughs> you think so? No. So I, 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 I pulled, I pulled some cards. I think they're not too bad, right? Because the the cards are they're pretty bad. But I, I went, I went easy. I went easy on this week. You went easy. I went okay. easy. All okay. Right. This is the this is for the, the, the Tim bed. special. <laughs> All right, everybody knows the game. Let's see what uh, quantities will will do for a million dollars. Million dollars. But whenever you're hungry, you get hit in the face with a flying basketball. Well, that is in honor of Kobe, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think about that, but uh, okay. Yeah, we'll say uh, Kobe shooting you, <laughs> you know, from. So, so Tim, how many times a day do you suppose you're hungry? My question is, who would be throwing the basketball? <laughs> okay, I hadn't even gone there. I'm, I'm always looking for loopholes. <laughs> yeah, um, can I get my hands up? It, no, it says you get hit in the face. You get hit in the face. So that hurts. Yeah. You ever been hit in the face with a basketball? Oh yeah. Okay. Remind me to tell the story about rec league basketball and a fist fight that might or might not have happened in midcourt one time. <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay. Um, How many times a day do I get hungry? Uh, well, I mean, you're you're hungry in the morning, so that's going to be your alarm clock. Yeah. From here I'm on not, out, I'm not actually hungry in the morning. Yeah. I'm hungry in the morning, so that's being my alarm clock. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, I get I shouldn't, but I get hungry in the evenings. Um, I'm hungry right now. Yeah. I was hungry earlier because I worked through lunch today. Uh, so I would have gotten hit. Do you just get hit once? Or yeah, you just, you just get hit just once. Just get hit once. Yeah. Boy, it would just depend on who's throwing the ball. <laughs> I, as long as my glasses don't break. Yeah. Because I, would, I would assume you would. Well, but it, I have had a broken nose before. And I, if if certain people were throwing, a broken a, nose is a distinct possibility. And my face hurt for six weeks. Yeah. Ugh. So I'm not. Plus, taking, it would re-break every time. I'm, after yeah, that. I'm not taking that money. Not taking it. Yeah. I'm going to take it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm taking it. I think that uh, I, I I call bullshit on that, yeah. and I'm not taking. Not it. taking it. Yeah. I think you think you're taking it, and I think the first time your nose breaks, because then it's going to re-break every time. Well, after I, that. maybe you know it can hit me in the cheek. You know, I can hit me in the forehead, you know. It, it, I'm thinking hitting the face, man. The nose is the bullseye, though. I'm thinking that it's square. So on. I have a pretty, like, pug nose anyways, so. Oh. It's going to get puggier, it's but not, first time you get hit with, if that's bad, a word. You know. I, have a, I, have a, I have a flat face. <laughs> you do have a flat face, but it, that's not going to work out in your face. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> no. 
No, I'm not doing that no. one. Uh-uh. So two no's and yes. Let us know. Reach out to us. Uh, you know, Instagram, Facebook, the Straight Cut Podcast at Gmail dot com. Uh, the Straight Cut on Instagram and the Straight Cut Podcast on Facebook. Um, try our, our damnedest to reach back to everybody, even if we missed somebody in like middle of December, right? <laughs> like we just did today. <laughs> right. I realized that I did not smoke. I pissed off Christoph when United <laughs> lost for the fifteenth time, two nothing. We we Sorry, should. Josh. I mean, at the at the rate we're going this year, we should have just bought stock in Christoph. We should be smoking those all the time. And I'll tell you what, I'm hoping that come this Sunday, I do not have to smoke one of those things because I, I, I ain't doing it. Right for for. Uh, who plays this weekend? I'm, I'm confused. <laughs> uh, jokes. <laughs> uh, next week, uh, I think we're going to have a friend of ours who's opened a brand new coffee emporium <laughs> slash company slash thing. Yeah, I mean, it's a s- sweet, sweet cafe. Sweet. Um, you know, the I tables was, are kind of lame. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, I, they like I was just saying, I was lucky enough to do some work in there. Yeah. Um, oh, I thought beautiful. those were just temporary. Is he going to keep those tables? <laughs> <laughs> those things, i tell you what, those things are so heavy. I mean, yeah. they're his now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're going we're gonna to have a good buddy of ours on, uh, Fidel, who has his new coffee shop, uh, Fidel & Co. Um, looking forward to that one. He was actually on episode 10-2. Also, he was he was the non funny one, but yeah. we, we're working on it. <laughs> no, Fidel is great, and uh, we're looking forward to that. Um, we have we have some um, more ideas. I do. Um, we have a bunch of we've been planning the heck out of the yep. few. Yep. And I think you heard that on the last podcast. But if you have any ideas on things you want to, uh, yeah, what, yeah, about, yeah, what do you want to, to hear about. us talk about? Um, whatever it might be, just let us know. I know and some of you soccer fans would love us to sit down and talk uh, in detail about Manchester United uh, and the pains of this year. Maybe just when we're for good your joy. Yeah. No, I think they don't want us to talk about it then. <laughs> I think Not Aaron should bring his poem next. Next, I would love to hear his poem. I'll, I'll, I'll try to find it. I don't, I don't know where it'd be. No editing. A, you have to bring it the way that oh you wrote it. Well, I mean, it's in a book, so it. it That's true. I'll have to That's find true. a book. Yes, I mean, yes. I've got a couple hundred books at home, so yeah. I'll, I'll see if I can find it. Yeah. Okay. Um, if I were a tree. <laughs> by Aaron Shuttleworth. I, I even want to say it was about a girl. Oh my goodness! I, I gotta know now. I know, like, well, I'm just gonna have. We'll just have to. Brandy, end it. We'll, we'll just have to. You're end, a fine girl. <laughs> we'll just have to what end it on that. What a good wife you would be. <laughs> Is it is it a poem that re, that that compares a girl to a tank? By no. <laughs> oh, that got infinitely harder to cut out. <laughs> That's the reason I brought it back up. I don't want well you to played, edit that. Well played, sir. Out. You're welcome. We will see y'all next week. <laughs> Be the good. Later.